Howdy, howdy, my friends, and welcome again to episode 271 of Keeping Up with the Kings. We make our way through the book of Matthew. We're in Matthew chapter 27. And last time, we finished up at verse 50, where uh, Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. And um, so we're talking about his, his crucifixion, and that is that point of his death, where he laid down uh, his life and yielded his spirit. And then we uh, we read some very peculiar things. Matthew has some things in here that are are interesting in that they're not elaborated upon greatly. So we're going to look at those uh, next three verses. Verse 51, it says, Then, behold, the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom, and the earthquakes, the earth quaked, and the rocks were split. So we'll start there. Um, it says the temple... Uh, the veil in the temple was torn from top to bottom. Now, in the temple, there was what they called the holy place, um, which was where only the priests, uh, certain priests, were allowed to go and serve. And then they had what was called the most holy place, the most holy place, or the holy of holies, which was in the back. And in that place was um, the Ark of the Covenant. Uh, it was an area that was only, only the high priest could enter there one time a year on the Day of Atonement. He would go in there. And the Bible warned him, like, if you, you better, you better have your act together. Um, you, you, uh, as the high priest you need to make sure your own sins have been, have been dealt with, that the right sacrifices have been offered. Because if you go into that holy place, um, and you are not, uh, you've not done the things you're supposed to, um, uh, you, uh, entering into that place that, which represented the presence of the Lord, uh, you would die. And you may have heard stories in the past about uh, maybe how uh, they tied a rope onto his ankle and he had bells on his robe. And so that way, if he died, they would they'd notice the bells stopped ringing and they could drag him out. Uh, I've heard that said by a lot of pastors and a lot of preachers. But one of the things I think we need to be careful about is that we don't just repeat things that we've heard. And it's a really easy thing to do, especially when we sit under teachers, is that we we hear what the teacher says and we repeat it. And this happened to me, <clears throat> excuse me, a few weeks ago, I was at church with my family and the pastor was teaching on a tricky section of, of scripture and he made a statement about how a, a certain word was used. And he said, this word is always used in this way in the gospels. However, in the epistles, it's not used in that fashion. And I thought, oh, that's interesting. And it, and, uh, and it fit really well in with what he was saying, but there was a couple little points that I thought, this doesn't seem to line up. I think that he's he, he's come up with a solution to explain a difficult passage, but I see a problem with his solution. And so my daughters and I were talking about it the other day, and we decided to look up the word that was only used, uh, according to him, in the, uh, the Gospels a certain way, and then in the Epistles a certain way. But when we looked it up, we found that that was mostly true. In the Gospels, it was always used a certain way, but in the Epistles, it was used in both ways. And so it was used in the way that he was saying it was used, but it was also sometimes used in the way it was used in the Gospels. And so it's one of those things that's very easy as someone who's sitting under a teacher to just report what the teacher has said. And so for years, I heard that that story, and I, I was listening to a Bible uh, radio show uh, probably 25 years ago and somebody had called in and said hey I've heard this taught but I can't find it in the Bible where is this this idea where there's a rope tied to the ankle 
And both of the hosts who were uh, well-versed in the scripture said, yeah, you know what? It's not in the Bible, but it's something that's that they both said, I know I've taught this and I know I've heard it taught, but before we tell you where it came from, we're going to go look it up. And so they went and did some research, found a friend who was a, an expert on ancient historical writings. And basically the conclusion they came to was there's no reference to this that they could find. And they said the best that they could find is it's just something that's been a traditional teaching. And what was funny is I was telling a friend of mine about that. And he said, no, no, it's in the Bible. And I said, well, no, it's not. You know, he said, yes, it is. I'm going to go find it. So he went back to his room and worked on it and worked on it and and couldn't find it. So he called his Bible history teacher and his Old Testament history teacher um, and asked uh, his teacher about this. And the teacher responded the same thing that these uh, radio guys had said was, yeah, this is something that's been taught for a long time, but there's really no historical evidence that they knew of either that it actually happened. And so um, anyway, uh, all that to say, we need to be careful about repeating the things that we've heard taught that um, we need to be able to go and and look and study and, and uh, seek out to find out, Hey, is this something that I'm just, am I just repeating something that I've heard over and over and over? Um, because as a pastor, it was one of the things I heard from many people in many a Bible study. When we'd be reading through the Bible and we'd come to something where the Bible would say something and people would, would respond with, well, wait, I was always taught blank, or I was always taught whatever. And one of the things I would say to them was, you know, we need to check those things that I was always taught. You know, it's one of those things that I try to do from time to time myself, um, is to go back and more, more, more than time to time, but regularly go back and double check those things that I've been taught or that I've always been taught. So, uh, anyway, in the back of the holy place, in the most holy place, the Holy of Holies, uh, was separated from the, re- from the holy place by this great veil, or, you know, we think of a veil like some thin fabric, but this was a very thick uh, piece of fabric that was this curtain and it was torn from top to bottom. And I think the vi- the picture there is that God is the one at the top. It wasn't torn by some man who was down at the ground ripping it from bottom to top, but it was torn from top to bottom. As a result of the earthquake or as a result of God tearing it, I don't know. I don't think it matters. The, 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 the idea here is that when Jesus gave up his, yielded up his spirit and died on the cross, that the the veil in the temple was torn. That that thing that kept people out from the presence of God, that that kept them from having access to the holy of holies, was torn because now, through Jesus, through his sacrifice on the cross, we have access to God. We can come to him boldly. The Bible says we can approach boldly the throne of grace because rather than the Old Testament law where the blood of bulls and goats temporarily covered the sins of men, our sins were paid for once and for all by one sacrifice once and for all by the great high priest who is also himself the Lamb of God who came to take away the sins of the world. So the next two verses are very interesting because it says, the earthquakes, the rocks were split, and the graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints who fall, who had fallen asleep were raised. And coming out of the graves after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. 
So apparently during this uh, earthquake, the graves were opened. And then after Jesus' resurrection, some of the bodies came out of the graves. Um, some of the people came out of the graves. Now, when we think of graves, I think we often think of like modern day graves, American style, hole in the ground, put a casket in it, bury it, as opposed to the tombs that were more common uh, in the area at the time where they would, like the tomb of Ar uh, Joseph of Arimathea, where Jesus was, was buried, where they had a, a stone that they rolled in front of the tomb and they would bury these bodies uh, in the tombs. Um, in different different cultures had different ways that they would do it. Some would put them what they called a sarcophagus, which is a limestone box. Uh, sarcophagus meaning means flesh eater, and it was you know to cause the body to decompose more quickly. Um, anyway, all that to say um, that this the this is the only time in the Bible this is talked about that the graves were opened, um, and upon Jesus' resurrection, some of those. Um, came out of the graves and went into the holy city and appeared to many. And this is one of those weird things where the Bible doesn't say much more about it. This is all that Matthew says. And the other gospels don't mention this. We don't really have mention of it um, that, that I could find anywhere, historically speaking. Um, and so what do you do with that? Well, I think one thing is we don't want to build a whole bunch of theology on something mentioned one time. This is a dangerous practice to say, well, this is something now we're going to suddenly build teachings, big teachings upon this one thing that's mentioned one time. The other thing I think that sometimes happens is people get very hung up on these, on these tricky passages that we're not told much. We don't have other commentary from other places in the Bible, and it's really easy to become rattled by those things. It's really easy to get hung up on them and say, well, I don't understand this. I don't understand this. This is so weird. I don't understand this. And, and this is something you, you may have heard me say in the past, but I think it's a great, uh, a great thing that, it, well, at least to me, is very helpful, and that is this. Don't allow the things that you don't understand to override the things that you do understand. In other words, don't get so caught up on this one difficult verse that you that you allow it to to bring um, great doubting and difficulty into your life. It's okay to have some things you don't understand, but stand on the things you do understand. You know, you don't build your house on the thing you don't understand. You build your house on the things you do understand, and that's the thing that often happens when we get to these points in the Bible where we go, well. This seems to be a contradiction, or I don't understand this, how this works, or this is just weird. I don't get it. It's really easy to get hung up on that rather than being founded on the things you do understand and then digging into the things you don't understand. And it's okay if you don't understand everything. That's perfectly fine. There's nothing wrong with continuing to study and dig and search out the answers. That's a good thing. But if you don't get the answer, that's okay. It's okay because, you know what, when we understand certain biblical truths, when we understand, uh, well, maybe more than certain, but large amounts of scripture, that one little thing that we don't understand doesn't, doesn't need to counteract everything we do. We can stop and say, you know what, I don't understand this, but I do know that there's a great consistency in the Bible. And there's this, this unity of message. And there's so many things that I understand and I recognize that, that, 
to be true. And this other thing that I don't understand, it doesn't mean that the Bible's not true because I don't understand it. You see, there's a great day when you come to this, the, the realization that, that um, the problem is not the Bible. The problem is not what Matthew has written here. The problem is maybe my understanding of it. When I come to things and I say, well, this appears to be some sort of contradiction, the problem isn't that the Bible has this great contradiction in it. The problem is my understanding of what the Bible's saying. And, and one of the great things is when you dig into these things, oftentimes you find out that there's, there's a whole lot more going on than what you thought. And so I don't know if that's the case for this one, if there's a whole lot more going on here than what you thought or what I thought, but I'll tell you this. Um, it doesn't rattle me. It doesn't rattle me to say, this is odd. This is strange that this would only be mentioned in this one place. Because there's so many other things that I recognize and I see, and I, and I see that the Bible is true. And so I can say, hey, God, this is kind of weird, but you know what? It's true. So I don't have to get hung up on it. I don't have to let it rattle my faith. Hopefully that helps you out. God bless you. Talk to you next time.